Hey, this is Duan Hill, and you're listening to my podcast, Hey Wise Guys, ideas for creatives about what matters most. Hey, the world is crazy right now. I mean, you're probably listening to this somewhere where you don't normally listen to podcasts. Uh, Maybe you're at home, um, but you're probably not doing what you normally do. And that's what this podcast is about. I am exploring what is going on in the world right now. And I'm asking the questions you may be wondering. What is God saying? Is he involved in this world pandemic of COVID-19? Is there something that I should be doing? Something that I should be preparing for? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. The episode is called, What is God Saying? And you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I do know someone who does. And make sure you stay until the very end, because I have a brand new song I want you to hear. And without further ado... Let's do this. Well, hey, everybody, let's jump in. Everybody is going through one of the most intense, crazy seasons uh, in our lifetime. I'm not that old. I'm only 35. But uh, in my 35 years, and I've heard of those who are twice as old as I am, um, I don't think there's been anything like what we're experiencing in our world right now. Uh, Maybe certain countries have experienced it, and I don't want to belittle many of the trials and the hard times that many people around the world have experienced, but what I'm referring to is in totality, the whole world is facing uh, a plague, a disease, a virus uh, called COVID-19 that has done so much damage, not only to people individually, uh, but to employment, to the economy, to uh, places of worship, and everybody is responding to this pandemic in a variety of ways. Well, I've been blessed to have more time at home over the past few days and been gathering my thoughts and sorting through what could possibly be happening, especially from the perspective of a Christian. And I felt convicted a couple nights ago. I shared with Laura that I needed to get up early to pray. The goal has been to do that uh, more often. I haven't done as much as I wanted to do, but but two days ago I got up to pray and I was going through the devotional that I'm reading and, and a passage of scripture uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. It's the story in Luke chapter 4, about Jesus going into the wilderness. But before we talk about that, do you remember how this year started? Y'all, this is 2020. This is probably one of the most highly anticipated years of our lifetime. Um, People were so expectant of this year being monumental in uh, spiritual things, in financial markets, Um, in personal goals and small business plans. The year 2020 signified vision and forward motion. It signified prosperity and blessing. And even though many of us have not experienced that yet, so how are we in April and experiencing 
some of the biggest challenges we've ever experienced in our lives. Doesn't that seem odd to you? (laughs) Isn't it interesting that some of the biggest goals that we made for our lives are now being challenged and met with some of the biggest obstacles that we've ever seen? Well, I'm not that old, but I have started to recognize a pattern in how the world works and more importantly, how God works. I believe that the character of God is being displayed so well right now, so clearly. And sometimes it's hard to see because uh, we do have things in front of our face that's fighting for our attention. But this episode is about looking uh, behind the curtain and looking behind the veil, uh, the veil that should not exist anymore for those who are in Jesus and really having a clear vision, a clear vision, not just because it's 2020, but because of the work and the glory of God that's happening in the earth right now to really see what's going on. <laughs> to ask what God is saying is is risky, and I do not claim to be a perfect interpreter of every statement that God is saying, but I did want to share something that I felt strongly about and that I found confirmation in Scripture for. And let's look at Luke chapter 4 to see what's happening. In this chapter, we see uh, Jesus coming out of the Jordan River, having been baptized by John the Baptist. And when he comes out of the river, something extraordinary happens. It says that the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus like a dove. And then after that, something even more astonishing happens. The scripture says that the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. And let's just stop there. It says that the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. Now, what I've been learning about Bible reading is that every word counts. (laughs) Every verse counts. And it's interesting that the Spirit of God led Jesus not to the temple, not to the cross, not to his disciples, but the first place that Jesus was led to was the wilderness. And I'm curious, why would God send Jesus to the wilderness? And what is our wilderness today? It sounds a lot like what we're experiencing. The wilderness in the Bible symbolizes the space in between a promise given and a promise received. If you read the story of the Israelites, they were promised that after they exited Egypt as slaves, they would arrive in the promised land as the children of God, full of blessings, blessings on their family, blessings on their crops, blessings on their health. I mean, the promised land basically was heaven on earth. And the only thing standing between them and the promised land was the wilderness. And I don't know if you noticed this, but much of the story of the Israelites did not take place after they got into the promised land. It took place in the wilderness. And what we're going through right now feels like a wilderness to me. Um, There seems to be lack. There seems to be a deficiency of resources. There seems to be economic downturns. And what is clear is that most of us have not arrived in the promises that were made to us before we got here. And what are those promises 
to you. As a Christian, the promises that God has given me are victory over sin and health for my family and peace in my mind and freedom from bondage. And I'm experiencing a lot of those things, but when I came into this year, I really believed God was going to increase those things, not decrease. And I don't think he has decreased. I think I'm simply, along with a lot of other Christians, and maybe you, are walking through a wilderness experience. So what's the purpose of the wilderness? Why would Jesus be led by the Spirit into the wilderness? Well, the answer is in the next verse, because verse 2 of chapter 4 of the book of Luke says that he was led there to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. Now again, there's so much connection to the story of the Israelites and our story here, because if you notice, first of all, 40 days seems like a clear connection to the 40 years that the Israelites traveled from Egypt to the promised land of Canaan. Isn't that crazy? God's plan, first of all, is eternal. And the details that he hides in his scripture is so cool to me. Like this particular detail that Jesus was led to be tempted of the devil in the wilderness for 40 days, comparable to the 40 years that Israel was in the wilderness. But that's not all. Notice that he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And I just think that phrase is so interesting to me because it asks so many questions. Why would God allow Jesus, his beloved son, that he was very well pleased with, to go into the wilderness and be tempted of the devil? Well, I think it is based on what God said to Jesus before he went into the wilderness, which was, you are my beloved son, and I am well pleased with you. Friends, the promises of God are not canceled by the wilderness experience. In fact, it is our character and our faith and our convictions that are tested most in the wilderness. I want to point out clearly here that the scripture does not say that God tempted Jesus. It says that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness so that he would be tempted by the devil. And I want to look at temptation like a two-sided coin. You know, it's easy to confuse the word test with the word temptation. And I want to be clear that those two things are not the same. A test is not the same as temptation. We read in James chapter 1, verse 12, check this out. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Now notice that that is a test that produces a crown of life. Now check out verse 13 and see if you can hear the difference between testing and tempting. Verse 13 says, Let no one say when he is being tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So did you hear that? God does not tempt people. So you may ask, well, where does temptation come from? Verse 14 answers that question. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So what happens is we have these sinful desires 
inside of us that are unfortunately part of who we are outside of Christ. And the enemy takes advantage of our weaknesses and lures us to do things that are against the will and the character of God. So let's go back to the story of Jesus. Why would God allow Jesus to go from being affirmed as the son of God and to receive God's favor to then be led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? Well, this is what I believe God is saying. The wilderness is a place of testing and temptation. Testing and temptation reveal who and what we depend on for our needs. So let's go back to this two-sided coin. Jesus goes into the wilderness and he encounters the enemy. He's hungry. He is in need of food for his physical body. But notice what he's not in need of. He does not need a new promise from God. He does not need new affirmation of God's will for his life. He just received that a few days before. The only thing that is tempting for Jesus is the same thing that is a test for Jesus. And that is, do I believe that what God says is true? Who is the source of my nourishment? And can I really trust what God told me? This is what the wilderness does. It gives us the opportunity to know the character of God and to test our faith. Check out this verse in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's very interesting how God describes what the wilderness will do. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2 says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Again, notice, 40 years for Israel, 40 days for Jesus. That he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. That's crazy to me. So God clearly says in this verse in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that the 40 years that the Israelites were in the wilderness was a time of humbling and testing. And I believe that this hour that we're in, these few weeks, these couple of months that we're experiencing this COVID-19 pandemic is a time of testing of God's people. Our faith is being tested. Our joy is being tested. Our perseverance is being tested. Our prayer life is being tested. Our accountability and desire to be in community is being tested. I mean, we are being purified by this wilderness experience, and we can either look at this experience as a time to shrink back or a downturn, or we can look at this experience as a time to prove to ourselves and to the enemy that our nourishment, our source, our foundation is in God alone. Now, the other side of this story is that even though the wilderness is a place of testing, it is also the opportunity for temptation. And please hear what I'm saying. While there are a lot of dangers outside of your home right now, disease, um, falling economy, um, loitering, um, robberies, all these things are happening around the world. 
But I also want to caution you that there is a danger inside of your home. It is the temptation to put your hope and your trust and your faith and your love in someone other than Jesus Christ. And the enemy tempts us in three ways. First of all, he tempts us with the words that he uses. And if you notice, Jesus was being tempted while he was riding on the wave of affirmation from the love of a father, his heavenly father. And the first thing that the enemy wanted to strip from him was his nourishment from the words of affirmation that his father gave him. He questioned, the enemy questioned, if you're really the son of God. And I believe that that's what's happening to us right now. We have received affirmation from God. Those who are in Christ Jesus have received an affirmation that we are dearly loved, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And this particular season of time is screaming, if you're really the children of God, why is all this happening to you? Why is everything going crazy? And I want to encourage you that even though we are facing so many trials right now, we can never, ever, ever doubt that we are loved by our Heavenly Father. And in fact, we must be so secure in that love that we are able to use the words of God found in Scripture to combat that temptation. The second way that the enemy tempts us is by tempting us with images. The second thing that the enemy did to Jesus was that he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He put things in front of Jesus' face. He presented something to Jesus to tempt him to take his eyes off of the goodness of God and put his eyes on the temporary satisfaction of this world. Scripture calls this the lust of the eyes. And in your house, I want to warn you that even though you may not be seeing the kingdoms of the world in person, there are many opportunities to fall to the temptation of images, whether that's through media, specifically sexual images, pornography. You know, it's been said that idleness is the devil's playground. And with all of this extra time that most of us have, I want to be sure that we don't fall for the temptation of the enemy to lay our eyes on things that we know are not good to watch. It may seem okay to do something now in the short term, to satisfy a temporary desire. But please know that things like pornography have eternal, long-term, deadly effects on you, your friends, your family, and the world around us. Or the temptation to be anxious based on what the media is showing you on the news. Please be vigilant and know that there is a strong temptation to keep your eyes off of what is most important, which is the power and the sovereignty and the love of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, the enemy tempted Jesus with danger. Now, this is really interesting to me because he basically invited Jesus to put himself in harm's way to test God <laughs> He asked Jesus to throw himself off of the top of the temple to see if the angels would catch him. It's a bold temptation and one that a lot of people would say yes to. Even though many of us may not do 
um, dangerous things on purpose, man, this is a time in our life where we need to be very careful about the temptation of danger, either by idleness and not being proactive about being healthy or with anxiety about the dangers that could come to us even if we do everything perfectly. Here are the two extremes. Either we become aloof to the dangers that are around us, or we try to self-preserve ourselves and our families through perfect sanitation. And neither of those really match the heart of Jesus. Here's the answer. This is what I believe God is saying. We are loved by God. He treasures his children. Those who have chosen him are his treasures. He loves everybody. His love is not contained by whether or not we love him back. He loves everybody. However, his children are the ones who have chosen him. But that's not the end of the message. The next step after being affirmed in God's love and receiving God's love usually is followed by a time of testing and temptation in the Bible known as the wilderness. Here's what happens at the end of Jesus' story in Luke chapter 4. Verse 13 says, And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, the enemy departed from Jesus, until an opportune time. That phrase opportune time is beautiful to me because it demonstrates how we can look at this COVID-19 pandemic. It can either be a test of our faith or a temptation to sin. One side of the coin is opening the door for us to be anxious, fearful, worried, hoarding supplies, fending for ourselves. We're being tempted to be selfish and we're being tempted to be individualistic. However, God is using this situation to test us. He is wanting us to know because he already knows. <laughs> he wants us to know how strong our faith is. Will we persevere? Will we hold on? Will we trust him in times of hardship? So there are two responses to the wilderness. Israel complained in the wilderness. Jesus conquered in the wilderness. And how do we conquer? We conquer in prayer. We conquer by applying the cross and the truth of Jesus' sacrifice to our lives. We conquer by giving our lives for the sake of others who need our help. We conquer by giving time to our family and loved ones. I don't know where you find yourself today in this situation. I know your life has been changed to some degree. So I know that you are walking in unprecedented territory. And I believe that I can call that territory the wilderness. But maybe you are in the wilderness and haven't heard the first word from God, which is, I love you. For God so loved the world, that includes you and me, that he gave his only son, that whoever, that still includes you and me, <laughs> believes in him, would not perish, but have eternal life. That means God loves us so much that he does not want us to die here. In fact, it's the opposite. The love of God inspires us to not only live, but to live an abundant life and a conquering life. 
Jesus conquered the enemy in the wilderness. And so if you have not made the decision to receive the love that has been given to you, I want to invite you to do that. Just open your heart in prayer. Ask Jesus to come into your heart, to come into your life, and to show you how to be a conqueror. And if you're already a Christian, if you already follow Jesus, this episode was meant to encourage and inspire you to pass the test. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we will get through this. We will come out on the other side. We will be a more mature and a stronger church because of this test. We will know and have a better understanding of what we can endure and persevere through because of what we've experienced. So here's my question to you. What is God saying? So hey, I am so thankful to be a part of Nashville Life Music, uh, a Christian music band uh, that is formed out of my home church, Nashville Life Church. Uh, we just put out a brand new song called Shepherd, and it features my new friend and honestly someone who I've looked up to for a long time. His name is Leland Mooring, and uh, he's an awesome singer, but even a better father and husband and um you got to hear this song. It has so much peace and um, so much tranquility in a time where we need that as much as possible. Um, I'm thankful because I got to write the song and uh, produced it with my friend Alvin, another great producer here in town, uh, Nashville. His name is Ben Shive. Uh, this is Nashville Life Music's Shepherd. Just one moment, but Jesus show.